In this podcast episode, I'm excited to be talking to two executives from Leonardo, Andrew Howard, Vice President of Commercial, and Andy Smith, Vice President of Operations, about Leonardo's contribution to the UK national COVID-19 response. So, Andrew, first coming to you, can you tell me a little bit about Leonardo as an organisation for those who don't know who Leonardo is? Yes, of course. Thank you. Uh, Leonardo is a, is a large defence company, um, deeply steeped in the UK defence industry. Our background was, was born out of Marconi, Ferranti, GEC and a range of other legacy companies. Today we're part of a, an international group with Italian parentage and hence our name. Um, we employ um, several thousand people, 5,000 people thereabouts in the UK and we, we have two very large sites uh, in Edinburgh and in Luton and, and a range of smaller sites around the country. Um, we make a range of products from you know, electronic warfare equipment to radars and many things beyond that. And clearly we've got a, a broad range of, of engineering experience and capabilities that we were very keen to, to bring to bear um, against the current crisis. That's amazing. So Andy, coming to you, can you tell us a little bit more about Leonardo's contribution to the UK national COVID-19 efforts? Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, essentially, you know, within Leonardo, um, we looked to see what we could offer um, when the crisis kicked off. Um, and one of the things that we recognised is that we have quite a strong uh, plastic 3D printing capability um, across the UK. Uh, pretty much all of our sites have this 3D printing or additive manufacturing capability, as uh, it's also referred to. <clears throat> and um, what, what we realised is that you know, face shields and personal protective equipment were becoming, uh, you know, were quite clearly becoming um, an issue. Um, and whilst we uh, weren't able to offer it, you know, be able to um, offer all types of PPE, the 3D printing capability that we had was perfect for providing these face shields so that we could print the, um, the, the, the frame that actually goes around your head and then we were able to um, you know procure the screen that goes around the face and in that way uh, provide them in and, and and over the course of the time that we've been doing it we've been able to manufacture three and a half thousand of these across the UK uh, a thousand of them from Luton which is where I'm based uh, and they've been provided uh, just from a Luton perspective to over 15 local healthcare providers. Andy, it's incredible. And obviously the issue of uh, PPE availability here in the UK has been uh, a big topic, uh, a big item in the news. Um, at what point did you realise actually this is something we need to do, this is something we can do, we can divert our resources to help? I think, you know, from the very beginning, we, we, as I was saying, we wanted to be involved uh, and we just needed to find that right opportunity. And as the press coverage um, started to increase around the PPE and, and equally, we, we've obviously got a, a large employee base, as Andrew said, and some of those employees have people who work in the NHS or in the medical profession in general. So we got those personal stories coming back as well, um, telling us quite how um, shy of PPE we were in some areas. Um, and consequently, that's when we started looking at it and we recognised that 3D printing capability um, as being a potential solution to, 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 the, to the face shield uh, provision. 
So adaptability of organizations is something that we talk about as an association and the importance of adaptability. How quickly did you manage to pivot the work of your engineers? Um, how, did, how did that work? How did you make that happen? So, so I think we, you know, we looked at our own capabilities, really, you know, um, no company is an expert of everything. Um, and, you know, we have a broad range of capabilities inside, but we don't cover everything. So we actually worked a lot with our supply chain as well. So the providers of our 3D printing machines, we worked with them to understand, um, you know, had they seen this request anywhere else? And in fact, they were help, able to help inform um, the design of of the, the, the space shield um, based on demand they were seeing in other areas. We equally looked at, you know, the capacity requirements we had internally, you know, Leonardo and its work had been deemed as key and critical to the UK in much the same way as the NHS has had, um, obviously for very different reasons to keep um, the armed forces moving wherever they might be on operations. And, you know, so, so we had to make sure we got that balance of uh, supporting production output um, whilst being able to get, um, you know, the PPE provided, you know, um, the PPE uh, quantities at a level that was useful to, to the rest of the country. So we, we basically looked at that capability and capacity um, and then we, we managed the impact uh, on projects that maybe weren't key and critical um, and just and moved our schedules around and moved our engineers around so that we got the balance right between supporting our armed forces and supporting the NHS and the other healthcare providers in the country. Yeah, it's a it's a great story. Um, talk to me, Andy, a little bit about the atmosphere. What was it like amongst all of the staff in Leonardo at the beginning, through the heart of it, and now? I, I think probably you know if you start at the beginning, probably very much like I, I expect many organisations, indeed the country. Um, it, it, as I'd refer to it, it was almost that wartime mentality, you know, the, 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 the let's muck in and help sort of, uh, sort of uh, view of the world. Uh, and that was very much the, the desire at the, at the beginning. You know, we had employees almost knocking our door down saying, how can we help? Um, you know, we've got stories of, um, you know, to get to the capacities we did, some of our employees who actually had 3D printing capability at home brought that 3D printing capability into the office so that it expanded our capabilities. So it really has been a can-do attitude. And I think that's continued throughout, really. Um, you know, I think we're all probably settled into uh, the COVID lockdown measures that we've now got. Um, and, you know, but throughout that, there has still been this, let's make sure we continue to support where we can and where it's required. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, so lessons from all of this, um, what have you learned as an organization? Uh, were there learnings that you've applied from previous projects and previous experiences in the context of this COVID-19 response? And um, what about learnings that you might take away? Yeah, and I think there's been both of those. So, you know, what learning did we bring to this? Well, um, you know, defense, for those who don't know, um, the timescales are very long. You know, it wouldn't be unusual for a development program from, you know, the initial outset of, you know, the government deciding they need a new aircraft to that aircraft flying for the first time can be 15 or 20 years, you know, uh, during the development program. And the volumes are equally very, very low. 
you know, you don't go buying tens of thousands of aircraft. It's in the hundreds territory. Um, but equally, you know, costs have to get cheaper and development times have to be shortened as far as possible. So we've been, you know, developing our 3D printing capability over the years um, as a way of very, uh, you know, of shortening our development time skills uh, as much as we possibly can. Um, and I think that's the learning we brought to this was that we've got this 3D printing capability now. We've worked out how to deploy that to uh, respond quickly to changing needs. Uh, and, and that's the bit we put to, to good use. The bit we're going to take away from this is, as I've said, you know, our volumes over the entire life cycle of a product, which might be 25, 30, 40 years, we might only build five, six, 700 units over that entire time. And yet over the course of eight to 12 weeks, we built three and a half thousand face shields. Um, and the defense world is changing and, and the volumes change and different products have different volumes. And I think that, that learning of how we deal with different volumes in a, in a, in a volatile um, changing environment will be really beneficial to us as we move forward and making sure that you know we can apply that sort of change management and the learning of how to deal with very very short time scales uh, compared to our norm uh, and indeed the volumes compared to our norm. Andy thank you and Andrew I'm going to bring you back in now um, if you don't mind. Uh, Andy's obviously talked uh, about the camaraderie, um, about the can-do attitude that the team at Leonardo really brought to all of this. Um, we, we talk a lot about the importance of mindset and attitude in the context of making projects a success. How, how can we harness and maintain that mindset and attitude as we walk forward and, and emerge from this crisis? I think it's a it's a great question. And I just to echo what Andy said, I think you know, there's no doubt what we've learned in the last three months will influence and shape the business in lots of ways um, for the future. Uh, we, we are more flexible uh, than we realized. Uh, we're more capable than we realized. There's no doubt that harnessing sort of common energy and, and making people absolutely believe in a common goal unlocks um, pace. Uh, unlocks um, a can-do mindset and there was nobody um, at every level in the organization that didn't want to contribute to the national effort as quickly and as fully as we could and we need to reflect on that because clearly the, norm, the norms for what we do are not naturally going to harness the same level of positive energy and the same level of belief but if we can find some of that and we can make people buy into their projects their workloads the more day-to-day -day and perhaps mundane programs we can certainly see how we can improve the business. Um, associated to what we've delivered in support of, of the NHS, obviously we've, we've by necessity had to work more remotely, people have worked flexibly, and you know, we've learned much from that. And I think there's, a, there's already studies going on to understand for our industry and our business, we can challenge norms, we don't have to be tied to a, a very restrictive um, office structure, which I think is culturally quite normal in the defence sector. I also think that as we, uh, as we look to, um, to pace, as Andy mentioned, there's no doubt that the pace of our operations are dictated slightly by custom and practice, um, and there's probably reasons and, and, and costs associated to that. But if we can challenge that and make our business work more quickly, um, almost certainly that will be a permanent, a permanent change that we'll try to harness. Um, so there's lots we can take from that, and we're very excited to, to really harness the learning as we look forward.
Yeah, it is fantastic. And, and uh, I think in so many instances, this pandemic has demonstrated the art of the possible. Um, I, I keep hearing the imagine the unimaginable and things that were deemed not possible before 2020, uh, we've proven to be possible now, which um, is fantastic. And as you rightly say, needs to be harnessed. So um, my last question, which I'll pose to both of you, Andrew, I'll come to you first. Um, this podcast is part of our, what we are calling our Optimism Cafe series, um, and very much designed to focus on the great things that have happened, um, particularly over the, over the last few months. Um, Andrew, what makes you optimistic? I, I think you know, the human spirit that we've seen in this, in this um, crisis and uh, at every level, a personal level and a business level, gives us all cause for hope. People naturally come together to help one another in the face of adversity. And you know, I think hope that we are it's given us a realization of how lucky for very, you know, not everyone, of course, but for many of us, particularly in, in industry and particularly with, with employment, we are, we are fortunate. And, and, you know, the opportunity to get back to some kind of normality, enhancing that normality from the lessons that we've all been through is clearly a, a positive thing that provides optimism. I think that sort of underlying gratitude and appreciation for some of the mundane that all of us, I think, took for granted before February or March this year, um, is a real wake-up call to a generation that haven't suffered en masse um, in the way that we've just started to experience. So there's lots of reasons to be optimistic now. <laughs> I think um, the economy will recover. I think businesses have proven to be quite resilient. And I think people have learned a lot about themselves and they've very largely come together um, for the future. Yeah, that's fantastic. Lovely. Uh, and yes, I think appreciating the small things um, is definitely something that I agree with. Um, I've certainly started doing that myself. Andy, um, let me pose that question to you. What makes you optimistic? I think I'd echo everything that Andrew said, but I'd probably add to it. it, it you know, it, it's people's response and reaction to it that's really um, you know, made me smile and, uh, you know, and, and, and give me delight through, through most of this, you know, I think as, a, as, as humans, we are, we can be naturally change averse at times. And we've just had one of the big changes, um, that any of us will have ever seen and probably will ever see imposed on us almost overnight. And to see sort of the resilience that, um, yes, Leonardo's workforce have done, but equally as a country that, that we've applied to it and, and the response of people going out, you know, buying food for their neighbors, you know, picking up medicines for them uh, and the way that everyone has pulled together. Um, you know, if that keeps going, I, I personally believe the world would be a better place as a result. A bit of a, bit of a horrible way to have to go through it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure none of us would have wished for it to come about that way. But um, if we can take positives out of it, then, then that'd be wonderful. Andy, Andrew, it's been really wonderful to speak to you today. Thank you so much for joining us um, as part of this podcast series. I really appreciate you sharing the Leonardo story. Um, as you rightly say, lots to be positive and optimistic about and lots to take away for the future. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us and, and thank you for having the interest and, and giving us the time to explain what we've been doing. Wonderful. Thanks, everybody.